0: Oh, how sweet it is to trust this Jesus. It's a profound proclamation, and it is really a question for all of us. Do you really trust this Jesus? How much do you trust this Jesus? How often do you trust this Jesus? It is a profound, profound, amazing question. Would you stand with me? Let us read our scripture together. I know that some of you already pull into your little spiritual parking lot and you are about to sleep. So let me bother you one more time before you're falling asleep. For those of you who are joining us online, thank you so much. You can read along with us. It is just a bad habit I have because I cannot really read well. So I want other people to read because they're better than me. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Forget y'all. This is a very, very familiar story. The background is that Jesus would have been walking as we have been following him through this and he have done amazing miracles. He have healed the sick. He have made people that blind get see again. People cannot hear, people who cannot walk. He, He have raised the dead and given back. He have fed people. Uh, I mean, the biggest fish fry there was. Jesus done that with 5,000 men. and another setting, it was 4,000. I, not counting women, I don't know. You know, the censors that, that that day was just just ridiculous. But, you know, that's what we were given. Now, he is moving. Jesus is keep moving. If you see the the map of this, if you can imagine it, That's the map is right there. And so Jesus started his ministry from down here and he's moving and now he's moving even further up. Can you see that? I can can see your mind was going up there. And now we are in this little place. Uh, You know, the, uh, the, the famous people of the past. Well, really, it's still happening today. If you have money, you can have anything named after you. But these people over here, it is power, it is oppression. And so Caesar named places after him. So he, he, when, when, when people say that, they think of him. And so uh, the, other, the other oppressor is Philip. And so this little place over here was named after these guys. If you can see this far, say amen. amen. Let us read. Now when Jesus came into the district of Philippi, He asked his disciple, who do people say that the son of man is? And they say, some say John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. Then sternly ordered the disciple not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. God Almighty, have mercy on us. Speak to us the next few moments. Remove anything that might stand on our way of hearing you, being redeemed, being reshaped and reset by you. God, I know I'm not worthy to do this work. Use me. I want to be faithful. Save the words that come from my mouth. Let your sons and daughters who are willing to hear, hear you and you alone. God, I don't know whats what it is that you are about to do. And you've been doing it might just be you're still chasing after us it might just be you're taking us to the emergency room it might just be you're coming to save us whatever it may be to what you do best speak to us now it is in your mighty name, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say amen. amen. I was playing with these kids. I have a picture of myself. It's not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not dating myself, but uh, once in a while, I look at this picture and I say to myself, I cannot believe I was that skinny. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, was, it was years back. I was on a trip with a group of guys. We were on a, a rugby trip from the island to Taiwan. We were going over there to play in a rugby tournament. And uh, <clears throat> I still remember this. If I had known what I know now, then I would have filed a different kind of motion for what it would. We were going up to the mountain to a, uh, to a museum. And I remember, and I remember uh, riding in this bus. And, and now I, I just look back at it and I thought to myself, how did we not freaked out? Because that bus travel was going so fast and we were on the side of a mountain. And, and you know, we, we Polynesian, we Tongan people, we, we do life with a lot of songs. Whatever we do, somebody will start singing. Basically, most of the time when we start singing, somebody will start a hymn, and every single one of us find our parts, and we just go. Uh, and you can find this on YouTube. I mean, they're, 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 it's, it's just an endless videos of these people. Somebody will start singing. Do, do we have music lesson in school? No. We have music lesson in church. And it's not really a formal kind of lesson. We just, you know, I I still remember. I still remember when I was just a tiny little kid. I cannot believe that this happened. Somebody carry me. Can you believe that? (laughs) Carry me carry me to church, I, I remember waking up in the middle of, of the night sometimes, or early early in the morning when when the rooster is still screaming, bah, bah, bah. And, and I was like, I pick up my eyes and was like, Where am I now? And I'm suspended in there. Somebody carry me to church because they go into sunrise service about you know three times a week. There is a worship service, and, and I I remember just sitting over there, and, and it's worse because. Uh, the people who've been around for some time, I, I, I think their clock at 4 o'clock in the morning, they're ready to start the day. But now I learned that means at 10 o'clock they go and take a nap. <laughs> uh, but, but they get there, you know, by 5 o'clock, somebody, you know, two or three people will be in the sanctuary, they start singing. And these people have been living for quite some time, they almost memorize, you know, 663 hymns. They just go down by verse by verse, and it's just fascinating to me. But I remember, I remember growing up, and little by little, I started to learn that this is what we do. And I remember riding on this bus, and we were singing. I think we were just, we were psychologically a brainwash, because somebody's singing, and we were singing, and we didn't realize. Every time I see this picture, I, I kind of relive that moment. I just realized how terrifying it was. I I I think this has happened to all of us. When when we are young, we are fearless, don't we? Somebody say amen. Amen. That's why we look at young people and it was like, really, you just wore me out just the way you walk around the house. Because they walk with purpose or they they just, they cannot. I I mean, I have a seven year old. I mean, I cannot believe how many times I say to her, stop running. You just turn around from the kitchen and run to the bedroom or just run from the kitchen to the living room. And I say, one day you're going to run into the wall. Guess what? She has done that about five times now. And then she cried like she's going to blame somebody. And I keep saying to young people, please do not rush to grow up. It's overrated. Just be a kid. Because when you grow up so fast you have no clue. When you grow up, you're gonna pay for your own cars, your own cash, your, your own insurance, for your own shoes, for your own AC, especially now. <laughs> don't rush don't don't even think for a moment that when you grow up do, like you try to be, like our age, that whatever you have right now given to you for free is gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Okay? So so just be a kid. Enjoy it. Be a kid as long as you can. And then, and then, here's the bonus. You know, you know, us, we've been living a while. We try to be like you now. We got a little shot here, nip and duck here, and kind of twist and all of those. I'm in trouble now. But that's what we do. We try to reverse all that order, but, but you try to go so fast because you think there's such a privilege. No, you're just running into responsibility. And that's just a wonderful thing. And I was trying to fool these kids. I was like, look at this skinny guy. Well, then I didn't do a good job. <laughs> Jesus have a moment with his disciple. Because up to this point in time, Jesus has done many, many things. Jesus walk on water. And his own disciple thought that Jesus was a ghost. The educated people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I mean, they thought that Jesus was just a criminal. And now we've had so many people, I mean, they were there, they thought that Jesus owned a grocery store. And now at this moment in time, he just won a reality check. He just asks the people, now what is the word on the street? What does the people say about who I am? It's a fascinating question. And I think this is a question for every single one of us. Isn't it true that every single one of us, this is the question that we pursue in the whole entire life. We want a legacy at some point in time. Because here's the truth of this. Every single one of us, when we are born into this space and time, we try to figure out our identity. Our whole entire life is pursued to shape some kind of identity about who we are. This is why we men, when we get together, it's just a matter of three or four sentences, we start to gauge where we fit in there. what do you do for a living? We want other people to shape their outlook on us in some kind of identity to figure it out. And then, and then, like one of my kids here last week, she, she told it, you know, the fish was like this. She catch a fish. And then that's what we do as men. We kind of, you know, try to outstep one another because we pursue some kind of identity. Now let me, let me, since I'm already deep in trouble, let me just get in there. You women, you women, I, I like that you, that means I'm not responsible for it. You start to ask what style of purse you just had. And then, and then you start to recount how many shoes you have more than the other lady. And you have every shoes of every color. That's That's right. That's right. Every single one of us, the longer we live here, we try to shape some kind of identity. That's why we go to the best school in town. That's why we move to the best neighborhood. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm not giving you an excuse to be lazy. To just go and just do anything or nothing. I'm just saying that this is the reality of our life. We look for a way of shape some kind of identity. We pursue everything that we do. It is for our identity, financially, relationally. Our faith, the way that we walk, the way that we talk, the way that we trust, who we hang out, where we go. All of this is shaped some kind of identity. I mean, you can hear now. I mean, the politicians try to shape the outlook of the whole nation. On them, here's my identity. And here's Jesus just asking, "What is the word on the street? Am I just a miracle worker? Am I just somebody who, who pray over stuff and he just heaven? Am I just somebody who just walk on things where people sink in? Am I just somebody who knows so much? You know what's fascinating about this? Not only us individually, not only our family, we do this kind of identity thing. We, church, do the same thing, don't we? And this is the question that every neighborhood will ask of their own church. We can ask the the same question of us. Every church must ask this question. What do the people in the neighborhood say about who we are? Just ask. Think about that. Now, you can get a variety of answers. There are people who have absolutely no idea that this location right here in this corner is a church. Absolutely no idea. I give you a window. I, I, I mean, I think I told you this. This happened way too often, and it pained me. It pained me to share with you that this is happening here. I'm not blaming nobody, it's just a reality. I remember walking out outside, you know there's a little basketball goal, you know pose over there by a tree uh, on your way out on that side of the parking lot. When I got here, it was just a pose. And then we crazy people decided, hey let's put up a basketball. Any of us have, have played basketball? We don't, but we think it's a good idea. We go through. We we pretend we know what we do. But what we realize is that every week during school years, there is a multitude of little kids that walk right through here. They trans. They, they, they What is that word? They just. What, what what is that word? You go into places where you're not supposed to. <laughs> Trespassing. Yeah, that, that's that word. They trespass here every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday. They, they just go that way. In the morning, they go this way. And we thought, these kids must need some place to play. And I remember walking out one day, and there was a young mom and a young dad was just shooting things over there. And they have a little kid. And the little kids was down there. If you go over there, I think under that tree, there must still be some remnants. He was he was drawing stuff in there. And he was hot. And I walk over there, and I say, "Hey, what's up, guys?" And the first response from the dead: "Are we in trouble?" What do the people in the neighborhood say about us? What shape their mind to believe they look different from you and me, that they are in trouble here in this very corner? If identity is really important, we, we have shaped some identity in this neighborhood that need to be changed. I think it's very, very exciting because you and I have the capacity and the ability and the creativity and the tenacity to change it. Just the way that we live, just the choices that we make. That's the good news. I mean, during football season, there are high school kids who come and run around this basketball sand over here. They just do draining in there. And I cannot tell you how many times The first word out of their mouth, are we in trouble? I remember saying to this young mom, hey, look, there's this playground over there. (sighs) That means I'm done. I say, look, 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 there's a playground over there. You can go over there. And I look at the, the little boy and I say, you can go ride those bikes in there. You can play. And the mom, the mom have the stomach to say, are we okay to go over there? They say, that's why he's here. Go and play. It's okay. That's why we have it. I know it costs money. I know they can damage it. What was the reason to have a barn if you don't have animals in it? And if you have barns and animals, there will be poop in that place. <laughs> now I'm really deep in trouble. <laughs> Jesus simply asked the disciple, what is the word on the street about me? And then he dropped a bomb. It was like, what do you say? Who am I? And this question gives us hope because when we answer this question, it shapes everything that we do. It shapes everything that we believe. It shapes everything that who we want to be. This is a deep theological question. This is a real life question. Who do you say that I am? I presided over a funeral here yesterday. And you know what happened in a funeral? We say everything who that person has been to us. That's what a funeral does. We're not doing it in wedding. We're not doing it in baptism. We're not doing it when, when we know how much you have in the bank account. We're not doing it when you have bought your new house and you, 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 you buy your first car. We're not doing that. We're not doing it when you graduate with how many acronyms behind your name. We're not doing that. We do that when you die then we say who we think you are. And you know what? I say to so many churches, I say, please do not make preachers lie for you because we preachers lie a lot about dead people. We make up stuff and then people sit over there and say, is this the same person that I came here for? (laughs) Who do you say that I am? when we have a very crystal clear answer about who Jesus is it shape everything about who we are and how we become and who we will ever be i mean this jesus this jesus who do you say it is he's a water walker, he's a dead riser. He's the one who come and sacrifice everything for everyone. He's the promise, he's the hope, he's the North Star, he's the guide of our life. He's the rock. He's the only hope we ever have. He fed people who were hungry, he gave sight to the people who were blind, he make people who cannot walk, walk. He make people who cannot hear, hear and listen. And what, what else? What else can we say about Jesus? One, one, one author simply say this way. If, if, we, if we can have a divine magnet in the world and suck up everything, everything that tied to this Jesus, what's left? Every cemetery there's a grass. Every church, there is a cross. Whether it is a hoodlum or a Christian, they wear a cross on their neck. What, what's left? A believer, non-believer, there is an expression of who Jesus is. Tied to. Everyone who lives and ever lived, every computer is, is designed around Jesus. Because the calendar is designed around Jesus. And every zero, every one, every, every date in the calendar is designed around what's left. Our whole entire life is evolved around Jesus. You and I have to be absolutely clear about our answer. Who is Jesus? That's all we're about. Because when we get a clear answer about this, then everything that we do shape around there. He ought to transform us. He ought to give us a clear purpose why we are here. Why we give meeting every week. Why we're we giving our money. Why we're we giving our time. Why we're we giving our talent and our gift and our witnesses. You got to believe this. God absolutely crazy to give you children. Isn't he? Are you trustworthy to have children? No. But God believes that you are worthy having children. The most precious gift that God ever created. God trusts you. And then on top of that, God trusts you with his hope. It's a church. And nobody can take that away from you. No preacher, no denomination. Nobody can take that away from you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God will give you thanks. For trusting us with so much. A moment that we pause and then we recognize... The responsibility, it can be overwhelming. Somehow, it rings. Go ye therefore, and I will be with you as you go to the end of the ages. And that, we are so grateful for. Help us now. There are some of us, we still try to figure out how to answer this question about our idea of who you are mm-hmm. speak to us it is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray amen